Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast of Shemaine's Model Health for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals. I am your host. I am a biohacker, fitness and nutrition expert and certified iridologist. I'm very happy to have you back with me for another episode Oh my gosh, it is so close to Christmas. I literally can almost taste it. Now, I haven't given in to like the foods and the treats. I'm still following my eating template, but I'm getting ready to. I really am getting ready to, but I'm putting in the work first because I had set myself this Christmas goal. Um, for this coming Saturday, December 21st, and I am going to hit it. No matter what, I'm going to hit it. Anyway, I digress. So this week's podcast episode, we're looking at gout. And there's actually a lot more interest in this topic than I thought there was going to be. And it is a very common condition. So let's take a look about what gout is, how it affects us, some symptoms and some treatments. And you may be saying, why on earth is she talking about gout a few days before Christmas? It's not the holliest, jolliest topic to talk about. Um, But Christmas is a time where we can see an increase in flares and you don't want to spend the holidays in pain. So putting this information to use is going to help you manage your condition so that you could maybe enjoy the holidays a lot more. And if you don't have gout, uh, chances for everyone to get gout can increase around the holidays because we're consuming all these foods, alcohol, extra sugar, treats. Maybe we're not being as active as we normally are because we're entertaining guests or visiting family, but you get the picture. So for some reason, it just, I really wanted to do this podcast right now, just before Christmas so that people would be educated. Um, So gout is a very painful condition that many people associate with older men who maybe eat a lot of rich foods or drink a lot of alcohol, but gout can affect anyone regardless of the age. And gout is a form of arthritis caused by excess uric acid in the bloodstream. And this is usually recognized by a blood test revealing uric acid levels of over about 0.46 millimoles per liter. So if you have had a blood test and your doctor tested for uric acid, um, you can compare to that. So that's 0.46 millimoles per liter. Anything over that is a cause for concern. Now the symptoms, there's a longer list of symptoms for gout than people realize. And those symptoms are due to the formation of uric acid building up around the joints and in the tissues, forming crystals and how the body responds to them crystals. So the pain and the inflammation is your immune and your body and your tissue responding, trying to flush and heal you. Now, if you do a blood test, just by the way, since I just mentioned the blood test, if you do do a blood test around the time of having a gout attack, 
your urate levels can appear to be normal because once the crystals have formed, it has already pulled the urate out of your bloodstream and now it's in the joints or tissues. So if you feel you're having a gout flare but a blood test is not shown it, then you're going to ask your doctor, hey, let's look at this another way, maybe an ultrasound, um, maybe a fluid extraction of the joint, whatever it may be. Now, Wikipedia describes gout as a disorder of purine metabolism and occurs when its final metabolite, uric acid, crystallizes in the form of monosodium urate, precipitating and forming deposits, also known as TOFI, or as I just mentioned above, crystals in joints, on tendons, and in the surrounding tissues. Now, gout is most commonly seen in the feet, um, but can be found anywhere in the body, really. Gout is becoming more common today. And if you have ever experienced gout or you know someone that has gout, you'll know how painful it can be. So the symptoms of gout are generally intense pain, swelling, and the joint or the tissue area that's affected may feel very warm. Um, and then between gout attacks, a lot of people won't have any symptoms at all. If you don't treat gout, it can become chronic and where hard lumps called TOFI can eventually develop in your joints and the skin and the tissue as well. So these deposits can permanently damage your joints. Um, that's why it's important that you don't just get the blood test, that you're getting the full spectrum of testing as well as looking at your symptom of pictures. We'll look at more tests in a minute. And then some people, you can also get um, acute gout symptoms and they come on really quickly and that's from the buildup of the uric acid crystals in your joint and that can last anywhere from three to ten days and then there is also people with gout that have absolutely no symptoms whatsoever and they're called asymptomatic and this means that although they have elevated levels of uric acid in their blood they don't actually require treatment but more just monitor whereas the other people that have acute or chronic symptoms they require the treatment and acute symptoms can come on really fast a lot of the time we'll see them come on um, at night and they'll occur for a relatively short period of time um, whereas chronic symptoms they're the result of repeated gout attacks over a long period of time so not just for three to ten days every couple of months it's more like three to ten days every few weeks so some of the symptoms associated with that acute gout flare so that's something that might come on really fast out of nowhere you're looking at pain redness um, swelling they're going to be the the main ones um, in some people you can see their joints or the area around the gout can turn purple blood flow is pretty bad um, these like I said a lot of the time these acute attacks they do happen at night and especially when it's someone's first gout attack that generally comes on at night since 
scientists are not sure why I would put it down to maybe you're in that more relaxed state your immune system is more relaxed everything slows down in the body so that kind of gives these acute gout attacks or flares they can be really painful like excruciating that you can't even like move or bend or you don't even want a blanket touching the area it's that painful Um, and it typically occurs in one area at a time most commonly the big toe is where we see gout um, attacks but other joints can be affected as well and when you look at then the chronic gout symptoms this pain and inflammation um it typically disappears between attacks but these attacks are more frequent and they cause a lot more permanent damage so along with that joint pain and the inflammation and the swelling and the changes of colors um that chronic gout attack can end up causing long-term joint immobility um so and also we can see that between these flares of the chronic gout or between the time of the chronic gout flare something that can help cleanse the blood as well um so we can't forget about them there's also some medications or over-the-counter drugs that can affect uric acid metabolism and i think a lot of people don't know about these but these can really cause us to store uric acid in the body so we're looking at laxatives aspirin and cyclosporin would be the top ones and i know loads of people that use laxatives it's definitely like it's important to get waste out of the body but it's also important to be aware of what you're using so those can affect your ability to handle uric acid and excrete it properly then there's also a family history of gout um, trauma surgery diabetes and obesity can play a big part in this and now one of my clients asked me yesterday about this she mentioned that her mom has gout and it's very very painful but she doesn't eat red meat or drink alcohol which most doctors will associate with gout Um, but her mom does have diabetes and I was saying if you have type 2 diabetes your chances of getting gout are a lot higher and vice versa so gout increases your chances of diabetes almost 90% of people with type 2 diabetes are overweight or obese now not all but there's a lot of them Um, and people who are obese are four times more likely to get gout than a person of normal normal weight this is because carrying those extra pounds slows down your kidneys ability to remove the uric acids see when we have these extra fat cells on the body in themselves they contain their own extra toxins and hormones that is already putting a stress on the kidneys and liver so then when we look at the uric acid it's like an overload for your kidneys and liver there is also some studies shown that about 80 percent of people with type 2 diabetes also have high blood pressure and you don't need to just be overweight to have high blood pressure we know that stress plays a big part but when we have high blood pressure that raises acid levels in the body um 
and can cause kidney damage and heart damage as well so I mean there's a whole mess that goes on there but there's definitely a big association between diabetes and obesity and gout and then you kind of think as well of how does the blood flow how is circulation when you have the extra weight on the body Um, and I did a podcast an in-depth podcast on circulation a couple of months ago so go check that out if you want to look into it a bit more but untreated gout can also cause um, nodules under the skin can cause severe kidney damage and it can also cause bursitis so it's very important that if you think you have gout you want to bring this to your doctor's attention now I mentioned that you can do that blood test for uric acid levels in the blood but um, your doctor can also diagnose gout without a blood test um, and they would do this by taking fluid or doing an aspiration of fluid from an affected joint or location. They can also do CT scans, x-rays, MRIs and ultrasounds. Um, if if you were going to ask your doctor to test your blood for uric acid levels, what you would do is you would ask them for a plasma urate test. Some doctors won't know when you're asking for hey can you check my blood for gout or uric acid so you want to ask for the plasma urate test and a natural or functional medicine doctor they can do all that but they will also look at your liver detox profile your essential fatty acid levels Um, they can even do a hair mineral analysis um, which can tell us what's going on in the body And just as a side note, having low levels of essential fatty acids can contribute to gout. So um, if you do go to a natural or a functional medical practitioner, they will be able to look at the bigger picture, which is very important because sometimes, as we know, um, telling conventional doctors how we're feeling doesn't always give us the answers that we would like if that makes sense I'm trying to say that in a nice way not to offend anyone Um, but sometimes your best bet is going to be a functional medical practitioner so what can you do to treat gout obviously there are medications that you can get off your doctor um I'm not going to go through them but your doctor can prescribe them and then we also of course are going to look at nutrition since as there's such an association of pure high purine foods to um gout so we look at obviously reducing or eliminating those high purine foods but we also look at anti-inflammatory nutrients Um, we can look at enzymes like bromelain and seropeptase which are great for cleaning up the body and damaged tissue Uh, we can look at quercetin which helps us turn off mast cells in the body which can bring down kind of that immune response or flare lutein is another great one Um, and other polyphenols can be very helpful vitamin c daily but i i tend to already recommend vitamin c daily to my clients also glucosamine can be very helpful Uh, you want to get a good fish oil not only for 
um, the whole kind of lubricating concept and the concept that having low levels of essential fatty acids can drive up gout formation but also because a really good fish oil is going to be a very good anti-inflammatory probably my favorite anti-inflammatory then you want to look at essential amino acids making sure that you have everything you need for your body to heal and then some b vitamins are going to be great too we can also use herbs you can use them in either supplement form or tincture or you can get like a herbal tea form like turmeric boswellia is very good um you can get a pure cranberry tea which is awesome if you like tart bitter stuff you will love pure cranberry tea of course you want to get it or organic um you can also consume cranberries so right now obviously a great season to get some fresh organic cranberries you can get them frozen too cherries are great pomegranate an amazing fruit for healing the body and then of course lots and lots of water to flush things out now i don't want to sound like a broken record but i'm gonna to have to mention we want to limit alcohol. Red wine and port seems to affect gout the most out of the alcohols. Um, purine foods, especially those that have been fermented or fried or barbecued or well done. So we're looking at bacon, deli meats, something people don't even think about, deli meats, organ meats, you can avoid them for a while, red meat, poultry, yeast, beans peas tea and coffee so tea being actual tea leaves not the herbal teas i mentioned already they're different also processed foods refined carbs trans fats most of i mean those last three people should be avoiding regardless and you don't have to eliminate all the other stuff long term either but in the acute phase or attack it's wise to eliminate them and then when things have improved you can start to add them back in and it still leaves you with a lot of good food to eat um so when you start to add them back in you add them back in sparingly and not having too much in excess there is um, um, there is obviously a lot of this is going to depend on the individual, um, their eating habits, their lifestyle, their weight, uh, how much exercise do they get, their family history, was there history of cardiovascular disease in the family or diabetes, is there issues with swelling in varicose veins, so there is a lot to be taken into consideration, but there's a lot in this podcast that can help you too. If I was going to mention, and I'm, well, I already mentioned get a good fish oil supplement, but if I was to mention another supplement that I'd say, yes, you need this in there, it would probably be berberine. Berberine is one of my favorite supplements. So actually that's three because I mentioned vitamin C as well. But berberine is awesome, not only for that sugar metabolism, for improving insulin resistance, it's great for the gut, including the liver as well. So berberine would probably, that one supplement that I'd say, yeah, that would be a great idea. So in all, there's a lot of information in this podcast. Um, with lifestyle changes, it is possible to prevent future gout attacks. Like it is. It's not something that you have to live with. You can make the lifestyle changes 
and then remain symptom free for quite a long time. You can of course take your medications um, as directed by your physician but also make these lifestyle changes limit your intake of alcohol and beverages with high fructose corn syrup I mean nobody should have that at all so pop is a big no um, and that can reduce the likelihood of an attack massively you can also prevent a gout attack by increasing your intake of really clean water and then of course decreasing all those other purine foods um, or at least monitoring them and then like I mentioned losing some extra pounds so um, if you feel that you maybe have an issue with your weight or obesity, losing those pounds can help maintain a healthy uric acid level because again, you've got the less stress on the body, you've got the less toxins, you've got the less pressure on the organs. So this podcast has a lot in it. Please do share with anyone you feel may benefit because I know we all know someone that has experienced gout or has gout um, and it doesn't you don't have to suffer long term obviously it depends on how much a person wants to change um, but there are ways to do it so I hope you guys have an awesome Christmas and New Year's there won't be a podcast next week, but I will speak to you guys in 2020. Um, stay safe. Lots of love being sent to you all who are still listening to me. I really, really appreciate it. Like, I'm really grateful because I do love doing the podcasts. Not just because I like talking a lot, but I, I like delivering information and teaching in this um, way or on this platform. So thank you all for continuing to support me and listen to the podcasts. And yeah, have a great Christmas. Stay safe. And I'll chat to you guys in 2020. Bye-bye.